So today we're doing a band that reached out to us that we didn't really know anything about, like leading into the interview. Like they hit us up, wanted to send us one of their albums. Which they did. And they did. Graciously. Actually, both sent us an album. So that was, or they sent us both an album. So that was pretty cool. And uh, very high quality record, first and foremost. Like I, I think I mentioned that in the episode, but they did a fantastic job getting it pressed up. Definitely awesome. Leading into it, like we didn't know a whole lot just because there wasn't really a whole lot of information out there. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like it's better to go into it without knowing as much because it's fresh to us just as it's fresh to the listeners. So well, there were there was a lot of good surprises in our conversation. Yeah. Um, ironically, the members that we're interviewing are named Steve and Ryan, who's Steve is my partner at the record store who you've probably heard us mention before, and obviously I'm Ryan, so I thought that was kind of funny. They're a band out of Venice, and I don't really know what genre to kind of lump them into, but... Let's just say it alternative. It's kind of like a, yeah, alternative, but like a mixture of like indie rock, a little bit of blues, a little bit of garage rock. Like, they definitely bounce around in genres even album to album like not just on this record like when we went back and listened to other albums they have you know kind of like a synth pop record or like a heavier like pop punk or post-punk type of record and but very cool guys lots of fun to talk to uh, so it was great to get to know them and they told us all about the band and where they recorded and all that good stuff and we had a lot of fun with it and definitely were taken by surprise on a few things so hope um, everybody enjoys we're going to play you a single off of uh well actually it's not their single i'm sorry it's a song that i chose off the album uh, the latest album's called of floods droughts and other ravages visited upon the earth you can find it Everywhere you stream music, as far as I know. Um, noise Avocation single. If you, yeah, Noise Avocation single. I like that. But if you check the episode description, you can find their Instagram there. Go give them a follow if you like the band. Um, stream it, check it out. Hit them up on Instagram if you're interested in buying a copy. I'm sure they'll be more than happy to hook you up. So if you're into it, support their music. And then, um, yeah, enjoy the interview. But the song that I chose was called Rattlesnake Highway Blues. And I chose it because I like the kind of left-lane cruiser drive-by truckers element to it where it's got like a, a dirty, gritty guitar tone followed by some like really cool harmonica backings. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But anyways, leading into that, here's Rattlesnake Highway Blues by The Happy Casualties.
Uh, Steve and Ryan, thanks for jumping on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So you guys are from the Happy Casualties, and what is your role in the band? Well, I'm I'm Steve. I'm the guitarist and singer and primary songwriter. Okay. And I'm uh, Ryan, drums, percussion. I do a little backups, and I tinker around on synths overdubs. Right on. I did notice on the album, because you guys sent us the record, which, for thank you for that, first off. Um, oh, thank you. All of you guys do vocals to some degree, like, in the band. Well, like... Or, the, or the, what it says on the album, at least. Yeah. Yeah, for that one, for sure, because, like, we... That's our ninth album, and so the vibe that we were kind of going for was I wanted to get um, my cousin Brian he performed he was with us on kind of this punk rock sort of album we did called uh, Joyous Songs of Happiness and Friendship another long title mm-hmm. and um, and I was thinking about having him come and work on some songs with us and um, my buddy John who lives here in Venice with us do some songs too and some of his songs and i wanted it to kind of be like sort of like a a white album kind of thing where everybody sort of like brings a few songs to the table and we all kind of like come up with instruments that are good for it and have it be really sort of like eclectic and so like i played keys on some of the songs i never wrote i never played keys before and we all did different vocals for everybody's songs and it came out to be sort of just a really kind of different album for us because of that so yeah everybody is singing on different songs on the album and it is just like a really eclectic sort of mix with kind of a a americana theme but it it is like everybody's participating yeah it does seem to uh definitely go all over as far as um, the styles, and now that makes a lot of sense now that you've explained that. Yeah, because there was definitely like a little bit of like garage rock, blues rock, indie rock. Um, you know, it's got yeah. some acoustic songs. It kind of it was a, a blend of a bunch of different things, really. Yeah, tasty B three, you know, tasty organs with the har- with the harp harmonic. It gives gives it that the rambunctious. Everyone gets a line to sing. But then go on the antithesis, and also we're bringing in live string sections and the different time signatures and trying to do orchestral or, you know, something different. You guys just mentioned that it's uh, your ninth album, so can we rewind? And, yeah. And, like, how did and go back to number one and before? Yeah, like, the first one. Dude, it's, it's funny because you said the thing about us having, like, long album titles and, like, the first... The first album is called Too Much Joy Turns Back the Fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> and we recorded it, I want to say, in like 2005 or 2006. And it was with, uh, it, we were kind of living at this place in Venice. Like, Venice used to be kind of more of like um, an artist sort of friendly area. You know, mm-hmm. like you used to... Well, there was still, like, a pulse there. Like, you could still, at night, have a red solo cup, go to, like, 13 house parties. <laughs> they go to, like, 11 in the morning. There's no grocery store. You're just, like, destitute. You're trapped out there. It's Venice, man. But it's- I lived in this house with, like, a bunch of, like, musicians. And I met Ryan, 
who's my drummer. And that like that's going back like 16, 17 years ago. Yeah, 17, yeah. And we started we started uh, playing together and I had my buddy Ethan, who was my roommate, and um, he was playing bass. And we started putting, we had some songs, but we started putting together some songs. And then we went to um, King Size Studios in Eagle Rock. And um, we recorded, like, I think like 10 or 11 tracks there. And it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. Did the overdubs other places, you know, like apartments and stuff. And then we kind of released it independently with those, some of those guys that were in that that apartment building with me. They were kind of trying to do a label called Swill Pro Records because they're all like alcoholics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, we released it on quote Swill Pro Records, and then that whole thing kind of fell apart. And I think I recorded the second album, which was called Sons of the New West, sort of on my own with a, a guy out in Huntington Park named Philip Hout. And that album was really kind of stripped down and I played to a click and we overdubbed a lot of stuff to it. And then Ryan got back in the band somewhere around like the third or fourth album. And we've just kind of been working pretty consistently since then and have like mixed up the genres a bit too. Like the, the album right before this was kind of like um, a synth wave vaporwave kind of album with a drum machine and different stuff so we we mixed it up and we like have like done lots of different genres yeah but that first album we were lean and me we were playing like four times a week we were playing out so much yeah it, I mean, like, it was crazy it's very indie rock it's like a very indie rock kind of album yeah definitely that's what uh ryan pointed out right away yeah definitely indie yeah I actually <laughs> that's like the main thing you surprised me by saying it was your ninth record because I, I just I didn't know I, like I I didn't go on uh, streaming services and stuff and check because uh, you guys sent us the record so I just played it from there and then like I did a little bit of background but I was kind of like well if I get all the answers beforehand then what's the point in the podcast so like yeah I like yeah. to kind of I like to learn keep it fresh yeah like as we're going yeah oh yeah. So joyous songs of happiness and friendship. That's the like the synthy kind of one. No, no, no. <laughs> bleed worship, bleed is the synthy one. Okay. And joyous songs of happiness and friendship is like punky? the sort of punk one. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But they kind of are like the covers. If you look at it online, the covers are sort of there to indicate the opposite. Like if you look at the joyous song. Yeah, it has like, like bathtub. Oh, or something, two kids hanging out. Well, no, it's a family it's photo. Me and my cousin, like when we were like three or four years old, like in a toy box. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> <Bathtub>. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's kind of like from a ways away. It's what it looked like. I don't know, but they're close. And the, the, the bleed worship bleed album is that album cover was taken by my buddy Beth though when I worked at Rite Aid and I just put fake blood on my arms uh, and then I was like promoting that album. And I got fucking, we got banned from Facebook and we got shadow banned on YouTube for it. So that album, and that album is totally inoffensive. If you listen to it, it's like, it's like really like smooth and synthy. The cover was like, I don't know, too provocative. I guess, I guess man. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, as uh, like, like we do, there's a lot crazier album covers than uh, some, you know, that, but I, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of into that shit, so I'm gonna check that one out. Yeah, it's funny looking at the Bleed Worship oh, cover, like 
the extreme change in artwork to the new album. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like that's funny. Yeah. Well, I actually you know the um you guys like the talking heads? Oh, yeah. of course. The the idea I had for the a Flood Strouts uh, and other Ravages album was basically I wanted it to be like that little creature's cover in that it was like animated, mm-hmm. but that it also an animated landscape, but that it was like a lot, but in like a really small sort of dimension. Like you, you have like a, a big landscape, but in a really s- small depiction. Yeah. And I told my buddy, um, Blackwater art, I think is what he goes by on Instagram. I told him, like, I showed him the album cover and I was like, the little creatures one, and I was like, I want something like this. And of all the things on that album, like I usually, when it comes to recording albums, I like don't stress about shit. I'm kind of like, oh, okay, well do reading this, is, it's not working, but that, that's fine, whatever, that vocal's fine, whatever. But with him and that artwork, artwork I pressed him like the most. Yeah, you wanted just it to, to be it. that way. Yeah, I, I wanted it to be like a, like, kind of amateurish um and very rural but also like sort of depicting like the city and the backwoods and sort of just like just and he really captured the vibe i think of like like all our album covers that one uh sons of the new west and too much joy i think those album covers all really look the way that i hope that they would look yeah looking at the talking heads cover i can definitely see the inspiration there now yeah i like the the latest single picture you put out with the woman with the tarot card yeah that's a friend of mine on instagram and um she said we could use it and i think a lot of the success from that single which is like her your girl or what was his girl death i think comes from that photo yeah that seductive (laughs) photo got got those streams yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, sometimes you need something to draw somebody yeah. in. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, looking at the like the newer album cover, it looks like a, it's just like it looks like a younger kid sketched it, and I don't mean that in like an offensive way. It's uh, no, no, I get it. Yeah, it's just like, I guess the music doesn't match the cover. Like when you when you listen to it, you get like a whole different idea of the music for as far as from the cover goes. It's um, like when I unwrapped the record, I was like, because I forgot that we're always getting packages at the record store. And I'm like, what's this? And I like open it up and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, I don't remember ordering this. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it was yeah. like this uh, Happy Casualties band. So we played it at the store and stuff. And then. Um, well, I appreciate you guys like checking it out and, and interviewing us and everything because that's like really cool you know any like exposure and just getting people to listen to it and being interested in it is really in an organic way and you guys run a record store. i used to work at a record store so i know that like you know how i know you can get exhausted yeah. with just like music all the time you start yeah, gravitating to certain things i kind of like that you're oh, used to we're all over the place so like we'll be you know i'll be one time like i'm on a synth wave kick or i'll be on a black metal kick or a singer songwriter kick but like yeah it definitely like you get burnt out on one thing and then you got to find something else that reignites that excitement and especially like working in the store because there's a lot of people like i'm sure in most areas i've noticed it's kind of the same like 
people want Pink Floyd, they want Led Zeppelin, they want Fleetwood Mac and it, it, the Beatles and like, you know, they're all great artists, but it just gets exhausting like hearing the same shit over and over <laughs> and over and over and over again. Do you think that's that's still going on? Because I worked at a record store like 98 to like 2000 and you had like, that was CDs, you know? Right. And you had like people still going in, getting the Stones, uh, getting Pink Floyd. And like that was when the, the Dylan bootleg series was starting to pick up steam. And so even like 20 some years ago, we were kind of like tripping out about the fact that people were still coming in clamoring for like this really old oh, music yeah. but that's still going on oh, definitely yeah. 100% I think uh, Dark Side of the Moon is the most wanted albums on Discogs still yeah I mean it might say yeah. like you know and I think 12 Sar- million I think people. Sergeant Pepper yeah, that's is way right underneath it but yeah it's um, honestly it might go- be going on more now than it was then and like I didn't work at or own a store at that time, so I don't know for sure. But with the surge of like vintage things being cool and vinyl in general, like the combination of the two created, you know, we want the Beatles, we want Pink Floyd, we want the Rolling Stones. And then like, you know, you'll be the guy behind the counter like trying to be like, well, if you like this band, check out this band. Or if you like this band, check out this band. And they're like, well, you don't have Fleetwood Mac or you don't have this. And it, it's hard to get. So like what you said about getting people to check out your album, your new album or even albums in general, like organically is a hard job because a lot of people get caught in their ways and then they only like shit that they already know. But to me like i'm like well yeah that's cool that you like what you know and all but like why wouldn't you want to try something new to see if you like that yeah i mean when i was at the record store you did definitely have because like kcrw is like out here so you definitely had people that were coming in looking for like the stuff they heard on college radio yeah or they wanted to be recommended something that was different and it's kind of weird that now people are kind of like, no, I just want the same thing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, I don't know, probably 70, 30, like 30 being the people that are willing to take the chance on something else or check out something they're not familiar with or um, heed the recommendation. But a lot of people are just like, no, nope, I want this one. And even if they're like, you know, I want Pink Floyd, you're like, okay, I don't have Dark Side of the Moon, but I got you know animals and uh the wall and you know just wish you were here etc yeah metal and they're like no i only want dark yeah, side metal, of the yeah. <laughs> like yeah, i don't know it gets it's uh i don't want to say it gets annoying but it gets annoying like, it's <laughs> a lot of instant gratification you know it takes yeah. guts to go out there and try to look for stuff it's what you, you know yeah but that's what animals we like that's what we favorite. like that's a lot of people's favorite, which, I mean, rightfully so. It's yeah. a great record. Like, I would, if I had to put Animals up against Dark Side of the Moon, I'd pick Animals. Oh, yeah. I like metal, too, though. Like, Fearless. I like cool guitar tuning. It's yeah. good. So, you guys are based in L.A., then? Yeah. Okay. Wait, where at in L.A.? Because L.A. is pretty large. We're in, like, the Venice, Santa Monica area. Okay. So, we're, like... We're about two miles from the ocean okay. right now. 
most of the stuff is like yeah it's it's like west it's very the west most west coast part of los angeles yeah like venice beach like he lives right up right by venice beach so what's the uh, temperature right now how's the weather 72 sunny (laughs) you know it rained it's like what 50 here 50 here I yeah. mean, it's like, and that's rare. It's record breaking it hot is. here right now, yeah. actually. In the 50s. Yeah, where, where are you guys at? We're in Michigan. Michigan. Oh, yeah, I'm from Buffalo. I feel you, bro. Oh, what's uh, up? Well, you know you, you up, already dude. know that. Yeah, I feel bad for yeah. you in the winter. Yeah. Well, you know, the, like, four, like, one of the albums is called Imaginary Buffalo. And there's some experimental music on it. But that it got the title because Brian would always talk about Buffalo yeah, so does. much. Anyone's in Buffalo like, does. <laughs> if you don't live, you know. It was just like a psychological place. So I named the album Imaginary Buffalo, just like sort of like. Bro, I'd spring break with these guys. You guys are a bunch of snowbirds. I guess you in Florida, <laughs> some beer cans in Florida. It, there's a, a few people from our hometown here alpina that actually moved out to buffalo right after like high school and stuff oh yeah yeah you guys come and visit you're not gonna be there i know but it's imaginary, <laughs> it's right? imaginary. Gonna, yeah right yeah never going to <laughs> you're not gonna yeah. be there um, <laughs> i'd rather go to the to the beach yeah, yeah most people most people do want to come here but there is like there is like a whole vibe to to living here because it's like I, you know like i I follow you guys on Instagram and I, I have other friends that like are in the Midwest and shit. And so like you see stuff like that's happening weather wise and then like, and or you think about just the fact that pipes could freeze and stuff. Yeah. And then you come out here and you're like, well, I can't go in the ocean today just cause it's December. You know, it's like, yeah. it's so like, in so it's so like pleasant in, in that weather yeah. sort of way that there's this kind of like, looming sort of dread because you have like earthquakes and stuff so like that the first track on the album is like total ocean sermon where i'm like condemning los angeles to be totally drowned in a tidal wave because i like i hate a lot of the people that live here um <laughs> that's kind of feeding that i hear feeding. that all the time yeah, i was man. gonna say i've heard that from a lot of people and people from the midwest especially oh yeah you guys your culture is totally different no but the fact that you guys aren't here is what makes you is, is like laudable it's just the, the people that come here and then they like i don't know i can't really get into it but it's it's the people that come to la and then like i don't know i'm kind of yeah the transplants definitely have a see this is how it is you move here you're from somewhere else two years you live you're like wow oh, i have a mailing address and also, six years goes by. I wish my fucking poetry took off. Right, <laughs> right, right. And then it's like the eighth year, and you're like, do I stay or just go home? Because, the, you know, the circus is, you know, over. Well, that's like, know. that seems to be the place everywhere. Everybody goes there to, like, try to make it. But, like, that's the issue is everybody's there trying to make it. So there's a million and, and one. And it's a small, it's a small group that are making it. So it's like exactly. the same people. Yeah. People can't burn any bridges it's very I don't know. even like the even like the music scene is like interesting because like where we are we're we're from venice which is the west side and all and i don't know how it is exactly now but i'm sure it's the same as it was like eight years ago but like eight years ago if you were from this part of town you were like uh it was like embarrassing and you weren't cool oh yeah i thought you were like 
playing in the drum circle at the beach on Sundays. And the cool bands were on the east side and they're like in like the the skinny jeans and they had the mustache and and like the 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 blue collar bipster hat. I'm not a trucker. No, that that was like 15 years ago. But but it was like the elitism, once you get like eight, 10 miles east, and then you're in Silver Lake, Echo Park, Eagle Rock, that whole area. It's like really a different scene, or it used to be a different scene. And the bands have that sort of thing. But even though those bands have that sort of like elitist sort of air, they're not really doing great. I don't no. know. I, like there's a band called like Native Tongues, I think, that came out of there. But I can't think of any bands, and that and that might be totally wrong. I don't even know what I'm saying. But I can't think of any bands. Is it- Except for the Silver Sun pickups. Okay. I like when you get the Valley Valley Kid posers would come in. They look like they're from Silver Lake. Like they all draft and you're like But I can't think of any bands that really had any big industry sort of like that were making like when he said the thing about, you know, making money and being in an industry that's generating revenue. I can't think of any of those bands. They were getting a draw and they were considered cool and they looked cool by those like American apparel standards but they weren't making any money. No. They were getting people to their shows, but they weren't really making any money. So, yeah, I don't know. Basically, they're just pretending, kind of. It just, there's... it was a scene. It was a scene. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, it's a scene. There's a lot of egos that go into I would, yeah. musicians. That's, hence the, uh... Well, they also would get jealous, too, because we, we're from the West Side, and we go to these parties, yeah, and we pick yeah. up all their girlfriends. Well, we take all their girlfriends back. You know, the they're like, this is great, you go to the beach. What are you doing? Smoking, smoking cigarettes, drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon underneath the freeway? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, you know I mean, like, dude, this one guy was so arrogant to me. I was at a video release party. He's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, that's my car on your video. I donated it. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, eat it. You know what I mean? Like, why, why give me attitude? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. So, the album title of the, the latest record uh, is that all inspired by LA Weather? No, well, I was like, I was going around, I was working at Home Depot, and I was like, uh, wishing that like the whole fucking West Coast would fall into the ocean, kind of like Tools Anima. Like, that was like sort of like my theme song uh-huh. for working there. You call them Brother Maynard, like they hang out. Learn to swim. Yeah. And I would just be, dude, like, you'd be at like the Home Depot in the paint department. That is like the Oprah book club portion of the Home Depot. And you you just have these, these kind of like yuppie, ooh, like I'll give you an example. This is like really interesting. I was there on like a Saturday night, like a few years back. Home Depot, COVID. Right? Home Depot. Bleeding Orange, all right. I was and you, you were working? And yeah, yeah, okay. I worked in the paint department. And like, it was busy. It's kind of in like the Marina Del Rey area. So it's like more of a affluent area. And there was like, this guy walking around with a dog and it was like there was all these like yuppie type people i guess you could call them yuppie or hipster or whatever not exactly hipster but they're yuppie people and they're walking around and he's walking around with the dog and it's going on for like hours that he's there but he's not like ordering anything or buying anything then i realized that after like like an hour or so i was like this dude is actually just walking around with the dog trying to pick up women fuck yeah you know like (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, was his dog cute? Probably. Did he have like a chance? I mean, 
Oh yeah, and his so I was like 13 years old. He looked look like your neighbor over here, Jim. Oh, <laughs> handsome little devil. Yeah, he was like a totally vacuous dude, walking around with a dog and just trying to like endear himself. And that that was like his strategy. But like, yeah, that's like Home Depot's like that, where you would have these people that were like, you know, like grays are so hard. Like, what, which gray do you like better? And just geeking out over that, I was like, how great would it be if the Earth just started shaking violently? and you are like swallowed up in it right now. You know, like have the earth start shaking while, and I'll be like, number 26, number 26, <laughs> come on, like order your paint, let's do it. Yeah, that. You know, so I was thinking about that and I wanted to have like a whole album about Los Angeles falling into the ocean, but I only really worked out that song. And I had that album title just cause I thought that album title sounded cool. And then when I, I decided like, well, let's all start writing songs for the album. We all got together and I was like, well, I'm just going to use that album title. And the only song that really references like my desire for Los Angeles to fall into the ocean is the total ocean sermon. And that, but there, I wanted it to have like an apocalyptic sort of flavor, you know, like an Americana yeah, apocalyptic yeah. sort of flavor. And the only old song on there is uh, sleeping in the street. Like that song is like, 15 years old but all the other songs were kind of new and written for the album which besides like copy there's a cover on there oh yeah the debris by the faces gotcha oh, i didn't know that was the cover yeah sorry the faces <laughs> kind of debris kind of obscure but we have that really cool dylan organs that you like well yeah. i like the who plays the harmonica solos and stuff on the album that's uh, John. That's our buddy John. He, his songs were um, uh, Pilot, yeah. uh, Fun, and Fillmore Saloon song. But he plays all the harmonica. And he never actually really recorded anything before. And um, it was he, like his harmonica, his guitar playing. He played lead guitar on Debris, too. Okay. And it was really good. He really nailed it for his first time recording yeah for his first time recording yeah i'd say he did a good job uh, it definitely yeah, actually, gave it yeah, a, i like that song actually quite it a gave bit. it a blues flair to the album yeah which we don't usually you know yeah, when you do rock thing you don't really do blues a lot because it's kind of yeah. cliche but it kind of worked for and that that song that sleeping in the street is kind of dylan-esque I, there's some dylan-esque kind of stuff on that album so little rattlesnake rattlesnake highway i think is just kind of like a Balls out, just fun, trashy. I don't even know what to say, but it's just like I don't know. It's it's a the harmonica is sick in it. That harmonica is really sick on that. See, I went to the studio and I knew I brought my own harmonica. I'm like, I knew the guy wouldn't have one. He's gone. I don't have one. I brought my own, buddy. Turned out. So the harmonica player didn't have his own harmonica, but you did. No, 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 no. He had harmonicas. That harmonica, and he only used it on that song. Yeah. And I got that really like. We ran into a vintage amp and the whole deal. Oh, uh, okay. It. That's cool. That song, you know what? It, it sounds like a Drive By Truckers album cover looks like. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Like the first, like the first like four or five albums that they did. That's what it, it sounds like <laughs> to me. It's just like kind of like a ragged sort of desert or. So, like southern sort of like highway with like all sorts of like chaos yeah it reminded me like you said drive-by truckers or like a little bit of left lane cruiser like that sort of thing who's left lane cruiser i never heard of them they're like a 
stoner blues rock kind of band. Yeah. And uh, they are they're like two. I don't know if they're brothers or cousins or what whatever they are. Or maybe they're just friends, and I'm assuming they're brothers. But they had a few albums where they like made their own instruments and shit. And uh, I don't know. They just oh, wow. they just jam. They were really cool. And uh, yeah, check them out. If you like drive by truckers, you'd like Left Lane Cruiser. Cool. I'll check that out. Yeah. So you guys did all the was the recording for this inside of a studio or did you do it in home or? No, it was in recording studio. This the drums were tracked at a drummer owned studio, which was like a a hundred year old old furniture factory, basically a big long rectangle, mm-hmm. really old wood, amazing stuff in there. It's called the Compound Studio in, uh, in Single Hill, which is Long Beach for you guys. Okay, it's. Uh, Sublime actually recorded. Um, yeah, he sounds like rocket from the crib there, a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, that was a really, really cool. So it's like it's super really cool. unique fucking room and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, like really, really old, uh, like really old piano. Like if you saw, like if you listen to Fillmore Saloon song, dude, you couldn't. Even, uh, we'll try to. We have some like video of it. We're gonna try to post on Instagram, but like that piano that I played on Fillmore Saloon song, like, oh, a lot of that stuff was really live, you know? Like, John was playing acoustic guitar, I was playing this, like, 80-year-old piano, yeah. and Ryan's playing drums, all kind of at the same time, because the room was, like, really big. And that's cool. Well, John was kind of in a separate room. Yeah, sometimes we even had the windows open for the louder songs. We so just then, then you just tracked them like that? Some of them, yeah. yeah. That's fucking like, awesome. Together. The, it looks so it looked like some place like the band would have been recording you know for the, like those like those first few albums that the band yeah. did it had that vibe that's cool big pink yeah, house. Really cool. like the last waltz type of shit uh what's that second album that has like the great divide on it oh, yeah. stuff? like it has he's talking about the pink house is that what he's yeah, well that music from the big pink basically house. This like, was that's like, the first if there was a house yeah. yeah, there's definitely a house on the compound, so you felt like you're in your own world. Really but cool. it was like, it had like, that That place is so cool to visit because it's just like, yeah, super old like guitars and dobros and banjos. And, and drum set too. He's hanging a drummer. on the walls. And it's all wood. Like yeah, Ryan it's so crazy how wood ages like that and can totally affect, you know, the yeah, sound. Yeah, they don't make wood like that yeah, anymore. It, it, for building it's fast it is very fascinating honestly like how Uh, how it's kind of unpredictable how it would do it it, it's all professionally tuned like the mixing room yeah 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 he based he based it off like the same guy who did like capital records like he has his old schematics those from the 50s late 50s exactly how he wanted to tune it so this professional came in like tuned the room it's crazy nice and they and they still have that original like uh would it be like an original blueprint of how they wanted yeah. it exactly oh, that's awesome that they still that they still have it yeah because yeah, if you go if you go in there so there's like the control booth and then the the room where you can do the tracking yeah, the live room. there is the live room yeah they have not moved or changed anything because it's so big but there's like furniture and stuff Damn, and if you guys have any pictures like i gotta that. shoot them over i would just want to take a look at that place because well i'll have to send you uh um, like uh, the compound um on instagram antoine he's the guy that runs it and he's like an old school well he did punk rock but he can play lots of stuff 
and yeah, he has like all sorts of photos of the compound there, and oh, we'll right to you guys. But yeah, it's it's but it is like super cool, and it's like yeah, you get the vibe when you're there that it hasn't changed since like the '60s. Right on. Yeah, that shit's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I was I was trying to so Google you, it. But what do you guys do for... as far as um, touring? How's that work for you? Is we it a thing? Toured. You haven't ever? No, no. We're actually looking for a bass player. <laughs> it's the band is really just me and Ryan, and the last few shows we've played have just been me on guitar and Ryan on drums. And then we um, are the guy that's produced the last few albums. His name's Matt Lynch. He's played bass on. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we'll bring up other singers or we'll have John sit in the harmonica, but we need to get a bass player. But we need to get a bass player. And it would be uh, like, we're hoping to maybe get on the road, but like, uh, you know, it's like, we're both like, we work, we work and we, the money goes to like, you know, living or towards like paying for recording and shit. Oh, most so, definitely, man. Uh, we both have children and uh, bills and all that happy shit and um totally yeah. get it but i just think it's uh it's awesome that you can still put music out man plus living on the west coast and ain't yeah cheap. fucking a dude props to y'all <laughs> yeah you guys is fucking like rent is like my monthly expenses probably we're hoping to go on tour like in relation to what we we're talking about and yeah, it's yeah. just that you need a bass player we gotta get some sort of traction yeah. something there's something financially to kind of like get out there on the road like sell some records like at our record release show i think i sold one record so like the the demand isn't huge yeah yeah, yeah. that'll happen though it's, I mean, it's, hard, it's hard to as a new band and well you guys aren't really that new but as just a band who's not well in the mainstream think about it 20 years ago when we were playing you could play if you're a two-piece where you play gigs hopefully get 400 bucks or 100 bucks an hour yeah and some tips sell some works and then you can jump to the next town right well now it's 20 whatever year it is now it's like can the gas prices well i'm saying you just can't do it also you got to think too is like the internet and like uh, social media it's actually kind of closed down a lot of moms and pops music clubs because if you you know because when kids were in their bands they're like dude we're bigger than corn we're gonna bring three thousand people to your venue and they bring two that killed a lot of moms and pops businesses. People don't even realize that. And then, like you said, the whole instant gratification with, I'd rather just buy the old school albums and not even take a chance. Yeah, like, yeah. Shit, like, but that's why we, what a weird climate. Yeah, what a weird, it's like everything's just like, it's, it's like it's turning to karaoke out there. I don't yeah. know. I just, with the, you know, discovering new music, for us and I would assume anybody you know in music like with you guys you want to find you're chasing that like that high almost with the you know discovering a new band or that feeling of like holy shit you know and it's like back to that instant yeah. gratification and like people just want to they're not patient enough for it to like go but out even tying that with touring it's, it would be amazing what as musicians, if you could find your sister band, like someone's like, who wants to do it too? That'd be really good. Right, we're right. To learn off each other. And then it's really just trying to ride the coattails and maybe get, you know, also a hair dryer company wants to sponsor you. Maybe you know, a few more shows, you know, or something stupid. You know, it's anything to be creative. Oh, uh, for sure. Did that happen? Did you have a hair dryer company trying to? No, but I, I, I definitely, I, I probably could be sponsored by ADD medication, but. <laughs> 
gonna say to like fucking uh if if hair dryers call us up, dude. I'll take the sponsor. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I don't even know. Totally. We both of us barely have hair to dry, so <laughs> but, oh. yeah. I'll be like, fuck you, we live in Michigan. It's good for this, you in the winter. And, oh, oh, I just want to make one point when you mention that hair comment. I don't have a lot of hair on my head because of choice. Well, I am not neither. bald. Uh, Same not, thing with him. Uh, Y'all uh, laughing like we're balding. Yeah. I'm proud well, of we're, my fucking we're, 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 we're like older. Oh, I'm gray as fuck, but I have my hair. Yeah. I don't have the nice. Costanza going on. No. no. I don't think it's in Mine's my family. Mine's receding a bit, but it's it's not super bad where I have to do anything yet. I, I hope that it's kind of stopped. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll pray for you. Thanks. <laughs> and anyway, sorry. Uh, so going back to the record in general, um, is this the first actual physical piece of media that you guys have pressed up as far as vinyl goes, or are your other albums? Out yeah, the- this is the first. This is the first record, and um, and I wanted to like, like I, I thought it was like good enough that I was like, yeah, I'm gonna invest the money to to print up like 200 copies of this on vinyl uh-huh. because vinyl draws the people that are going to be more serious about me. Like you guys were, were saying, like when you get into something new, like if you're really into like music, then like finding out about new bands and stuff and getting into that is like really cool. You know, I'm definitely like that. And having a, a record is something that actually gets people, it gets people's attention and they want to listen to it. And it's like a good calling card. And I thought that this album because it's eclectic and I think a lot of the material is good and it works together as a whole, that that was a good reason to... Plus it's a double record, which is... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that makes a lot you of know, sense. We're from the days true. of fanzines. It gra- oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the grassroots. That's what you guys are talking about. It's like your story, your grassroots. You got to go in there. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are yeah. affiliated with local... People that have venues or, or underground places to have music or, or a community board. It's like all it's all networking within your community to make something. Yeah, almost absolutely. Definitely. And even that goes to social media, like networking too. Oh, of course. Like you meet people from all over the place that are like, oh, I yeah, love your amazing. show or I love your music or you know, like without yeah. social media, like you, we would have never found you or you would have never found us. And uh, like one of Steve's best stories of him playing one time, one of his favorite singer songwriters is in the Facebook days. Fuck, I don't know how we affiliated, but he found Steve and we got to open up for was it Mark Etzel from American Music Club? Well, it was the Spaceland, it was around Christmas time and they needed someone to open for American Music Club and like people were out of town. Yeah. And so we got to, we were like the only band, I think it was on MySpace, that listed American Music Club. Yeah, an influence, so we got to open for nice. them. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was really And that is, like, that is, like, one of my favorite bands. Like, Mark Eitzel, I think, is a really amazing singer-songwriter. That's actually somebody I'm not even familiar with. Yeah, so I'm not either. That's what's going to be added to my list to check out. Yeah. Yeah, check out American Music Club. It's, they definitely, like, 90s alternative rock, but not in that heavy sort of way. Yeah, like, Archers of Love or, like, Seaweed or all that weird more i think Archers uh, of Wolf, a or... little bit more in the elliot smith vibe oh, okay okay, uh, okay but definitely more of a band a band sort of angle right on 
I'm adding it to my Apple Music right now, actually, just so I don't forget. Nice. Yeah. I'm scatterbrained, so if I, like, I, we will talk about that, and then by the time I get home, I'll be like, American music, what? I don't what the fuck are you talking about? I don't remember. I got too much shit yeah. going on. <laughs> uh, so, question, like, how did you guys find the podcast? Did you find an episode that you listened to, or was it just, like, kind of through an Instagram thing? It was so weird, because what happened was... Um, that that guy Rigby from the Crutches had messaged me like a few months back, and he was like, "Hey, like glad to add you guys and and all this stuff." And I was like, "Okay, cool." You know, like I got this message on Instagram, and I, and then I started talking to him, and he's just like a he's like a cartoon character on the thing. <laughs> like I don't know what he looks like. Yeah, we neither do we. And then I was like, "Am I talking to like an AI?" <laughs> but but he, you guys, he he posted a thing of the interview with you guys, and I was like, "Oh, these these guys seem cool." So I hit you up. I hit up uh, the, your podcast, and I hit up Jeremy. I was like, "Hey, can we send you guys a record?" And you guys were like, "Totally cool." And we're like, "Hey, you want to set up an interview?" And I was like, "Fuck, this is this is awesome." But yeah, I I got it basically just because I saw you guys interviewed him. And I was like, and I listened to it, and I heard his voice. I'm like, okay, so this is a real person, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so he's a, I don't know if I'm giving something away, but he probably ain't going to listen to this anyways. But he's a real person, but they don't acknowledge that they're animated. Like, that's like their, that's their thing, their uh, gimmick for the band, is they're animated, but they're supposed to be, those are the characters that they actually are. Yeah. Okay. I offered to send him a record and he was like, well, I'm just in the animated world. So, and I was like, okay. (laughs) I mean, totally, totally cool, but it's totally weird. You know, when you're like talking to somebody and you're like, so you're only talking with your like Saturday morning cartoons or something. Basically. (laughs) With a bowl of lucky charms. Yeah. (laughs) I am a cereal bowl. Yeah. He was a really cool guy. And like, he was another one that just kind of randomly found us out of nowhere. Like, and I like when that happens because it's hard to get your shit out there on social media. Like there's a million and one things being posted every day between just normal posts in general, music posts, podcast posts, videos, reels, etc. And like it gets mm-hmm. drowned in everything. So like when people find us, I like like we always make it a point to reach out back to the people like just to like one thanks for finding us and two like that's how the Rigby thing happened. And he ended up being pretty cool, but but yeah, they are they are an animated band, which I don't know, and we still didn't really know like how touring worked for them. Like, do they do it like Death Clock, and they just like play an image on the know. screen or whatever, and they're behind the curtain? I don't know how it works. I don't know, like the gorillas. I think I, yeah, I asked yeah. him. I said you guys are kind of doing like a gorilla sort of thing, and he didn't like respond to that particular yeah, like that message. Either. Yeah, oh, he's not that he didn't like it. <laughs> Probably he just didn't kind of... like it. Chose big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Oh, yeah, but I listened saying. to some of your guys' other podcasts, mainly the ones actually where you guys were just talking, not so much interviews, but like talking about the store and different different albums that you were like interested in or looking forward to and stuff. And that that was like cool because I go running that and listen to some podcasts. So I checked out a few more of those. So I dug it and I was like really stoked that you guys are going to have us on the show. Cool, man. Right on. Well, we appreciate you yeah, yeah. taking the time to listen. Uh, oh, yeah. 
your record, like for being your first record that you had pressed up, like it turned out really nice. The jacket was really great. Um, I like how smooth the material of the jacket feels. I don't know the name of what that is, but when you like rub your thumbs on it, it feels like a very smooth material, not like a glossy cover, but it's like a matte finish type of thing. It's matte, yeah. Yeah. Matte finish, yeah. <clears throat> but the records themselves were, I mean, they were clean cut. They Quality is quality. Yeah, like, top quality. They had a good weight to them. And because uh, a lot of people, like when they get their first album pressed up, like, it'll be like a real cheap like whatever they can get done at the time and sometimes it works out great and sometimes it, you're kind of like well i wish i could have done this or that or you know whatever the case may be but i was impressed with you guys's album thanks well, man, i appreciate it now, even the lettering like the type you can read everything you know what i mean oh yeah it's um it was all like spelled the song right. titles yeah yeah, spelled, yeah i mean like it it's was impressive. a long way we both had yeah thanks did you get it done at like a local pressing plant or did you have to sublet that somewhere? It is a Japanese label called Mokimbo, I think, something like that. It's they do they do short runs. Okay. And so it, it's I I I'd have to look it up and then I could tell you. So have you guys been writing any more material lately? We actually yes. We we actually we're in the studio last night. Actually, <laughs> oh right on. We're we're actually recording like a lot of stuff. So we yeah. So last night we were working on a mixtape, which is like I actually rapped on the song. Awesome, <laughs> believe it. And then I tuned down my voice to sound like Barry Man, like uh, Barry White meets like witness production program kind of. <laughs> and then so these kids, I had drum like a loop right. And then I put on the headphones and I was in that badass studio for the drums. Last night was a different one for vocals, but I would put live drums to these hip hop loops and kind of edit it in, then add, you know, little synthesizers, me rapping, some other weird. It was basically, I was supposed to do uh, like, we, I wanted to do like a drunken, goofy mixtape with some of my friends from Home Depot. But when it got close to actually recording it, we, we made like the beats and stuff and then they all sort of like backed out. They just didn't show up. So Ryan and I sort of had to step it up. We had to step it up and we, instead of doing like six or seven tracks, we ended up getting about four tracks. Two of them I like rap on. One of the songs was called This Is Incel Core and the other song is called Reverse Suicide Hotline. <laughs> Would you do like, like yeah. 32 bars? Called... 32 bars, 64 bars, or are you more like a 8 or 16 kind of kind of rapper? What do you mean? Well, he's talking about <laughs> how much bars is spitting, bro. There's a lot of words. That was the hardest. Writing writing the lyrics for those songs, mm -hmm. like um, you, the Reverse Suicide Hotline song, you know that, that rapper Cemetery, I assume you guys know him, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's my diss track to him. Oh, okay. Because it's like, it's just because I like, I kind of didn't like his like vibe, and I thought it would be like funny to write like this this diss track to him. I don't really know what the repercussions of it would be. And then the, this is incel core. <laughs> this is incel core was just kind of like, I don't know. They're just like my attempts to sort of like write like like hip hop, you know, yeah. and um, 
it, it, we did it. And then we also, we were recording all this stuff at the same time. So we did those four songs. We did basically a Gigi Allen EP of songs. And then we recorded the tracks for our next album, which is going to be a double album. So we, we we're recording all this stuff since that last album concluded. You did uh, a Gigi another album, Allen like um, EP. tribute EP? Yeah. Oh, we did Sluts I, in I the like... City, Don't Talk to Me. Uh, die when you die yeah. with altered lyrics. I want to hear that shit, more. dude. Right now. So oh, dude, I I I wanna I was I wanna get it like released on like vinyl. Hell it's like, yeah, we dude. did Sluts in the City. What's the little video that you have out on YouTube? You, do they know, do they have seen that one? Which one? Oh, I don't think I haven't shown that. Cute knife. One. Yeah, because on um. Well, they can look at it right now. Joyous songs of happiness. Oh, on YouTube, they can see the videos. Right? No, I know, but they're talking to us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Does that sound worse? Sorry, guys. But we we did a Gigi Allen song on the Joyous songs. We did Shoot Nice, Strangle Beat, and Crucify. But we recorded like five or six of his songs, and we're going to release it on an EP. And it's like really like heavy and aggro. And it's like, I don't know. I, I like Gigi Allen a lot. I like his whole like mentality of like, just do what you have to do and then fucking die. That's like really the thing about him that appeals to me most. So we did this, this song. It's, it's just going to be called the, the sleaziest, happiest casualties Yeah, and six songs. Awesome. Gigi Allen. Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm very um, cool curious. And like, yeah, definitely looking forward to hearing that now. Yeah, we'll get it to so you guys. Oh, yeah, it's, it's ready to go. It's heavy. So I did notice that all of your records, except the first two, are released on Conformist Music. Is that your own personal label, or is that an actual label? That's just my music publishing. Okay. I had to do a music publishing thing back in 2005 or six for a song that was getting licensed to like a Showtime show. Mm-hmm. And that nice. was with my buddy Ethan. And so we, it, a song got licensed very, I don't think I saw any money for it, but I had to pick a music publishing company. So I picked Conformist Music because I like, um, I can't remember the author's name, but I read a bunch of his novels back then. And one of his books was called The Conformist. It got made into a movie of like a foreign film. But I like that, and I use that. So that's just my publishing company, I guess. I think it's BMI. Yeah, it is BMI. Oh, it's BMI. No. oh right on. What was the Showtime show? Something red carpet. Red, red, uh, red carpet something. Okay. And they, I had a song called Confessions of an Ad Man, and they used the music a little bit on some tracking sequence or something. Oh, right on. So, that's cool. Shit, that's I mean, cool. it sucks you didn't get paid for it, but at least it's out there. Yeah, it's like, yo, that's me. <laughs> yeah. um, were you guys involved in any projects before the Happy Casualties? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a drummer, so I'm always... Bouncing around. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. I came out here with my hardcore band, Buffalo. I was doing all that. And then that broke apart. Then I was like, with like a British singer-songwriter and that whole kind of scene out here. And that's when I met Steve. Okay. What was the uh, hardcore band, band out of Buffalo? Well, we were called Torn Within. Then we changed it to, like, Outcome. I, I went to high school with, like, Scott Bogle from Terror. Yeah, and yeah. Case and all those. So I, I grew up with that whole scene. Oh, shit. Sport, but, like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, that's, that'd that's be, like, that'd be, um, like, up I've seen, on, like that's, like, up my alley and 
like for sure. Oh, dude, I've seen like Shelter get beat up. You know, they're doing their hair care stuff. Shit. Yeah. I've seen Integrity when they're just handing back like pieces of the venue they're playing, like ceiling tiles and fucking. I used to love all that stuff, dude. I, yeah. We just interviewed Dwid from Integrity like a week or two. Dude, ago. even his side, his what, what does he call his little stuff? Psy War? What's it called? Psy Warfare, and then he has Verm appear. Yeah, that's just bizarre. But dude. Who feared tomorrow, whatever that album, like Misha, when I listen to that song, I still get the hair still stands yeah. up on me and I want to kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Check out our I mean, interview it's... with him. He's a really cool guy. Like he's told it. To no, he's awesome. We used to call him the human furnace, right? And that they used to call him or yeah. something. Yeah. His voice. Yeah. He, he had like all these crazy creative stories and shit about um, just like him as a kid and like him doing, we kind of focused more on Vermapir and Psy Warfare than Integrity because Integrity's been covered a bunch. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he's course. a really cool, interesting, creative guy. Yeah. Cleveland, man. We used to, my friends used to own Discovery Records in Buffalo and they used to always, bands used to come up and play. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. Good old days. I, oh, man. It yeah, sounded so like uh I was I was gonna say like I I uh I just saw Terror but I uh I didn't because something <laughs> happened and I missed him. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, Scott's cool dude with the Scottisms. He's the exact same kid, you know what I mean? Like oh, I knew yeah, that he was yeah. gonna go far with that. So you went to high school with Scott Vogel, you said, right? Oh yeah. Uh, that's I used my friend was in the band Slugpass now though. Oh man, dude. shit. Dude, fucking Jess right now is wearing a terror hoodie when hardcore with the slug got ruined, got ruined fucking by, like, logo. Bands, like, yeah, like Earth Crisis, but ruined hardcore. Dude, you can't write a song that kill drug dealers. Like, dude, really? <laughs> like, it's lay- I, I get it. You don't eat the meat, but you still like to bone. But take it easy on that, you know? Oh, man. I mean, that's cool to get a little more background on you, though. So how did yeah, you... Yeah, the hardcore scene with all those fanzines, the whole thing. I mean, it was so amazing. I saw amazing bands, like Iceburn, like all those weird guys, or like even like King's Axe, I thought it was weird when I was Fucking younger. Weird, I was like, what? Well. What about you, Steven? What, have you been in other bands? I was in a band with my buddy Mike Katz, and we were called Communism. And when I was, in, well, actually, I was in a ska band when I was like out of high school, and that was probably the most successful I ever was. And we played. I was in a ska band called Waterslide, and, and we're uh, talking third wave, like real big fish and all that. Yeah, that yeah. Nine stuff was coming out, like that warped door stuff. Yeah, we yeah. used to play with the. We played with Less the Aqu- Jake. We played with the Aquabats. We played with Lesson Jake. Yeah. We opened for Goldfinger once. And look at him, yeah. And. John Feldman, he's one of the hugest guys in the industry. And then I played, and then I had this band with my buddy Mike called Communism. That was like in my late teens, early 20s. And then, yeah, I, I did a, an EP called The Paper Tigers. Um, and I was like 23, that 20, I like that one 23, 24. And then I just started working on stuff. I don't know. I, I heard um, one time I was drunk and I was watching a Bill Hicks comedy thing. <laughs> and he was talking about dead rock stars. And he said there have been casualties. And I thought he said they're happy casualties. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I'm just going to use that for the name of my project. Uh, and that and I, was, my- I also thought when you guys were talking about the marijuana burnt on the record, I'm like, the happy casualties. Wait, THC. It's yeah. making sense now. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I didn't even put that one together. Yeah, I'm wild like that. <laughs> That's kind of why I really like like having the 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 and the happy casualty. So you got the THC. I follow. Although yeah. I don't like weed. <laughs> he loves it. I don't. <laughs> no, I mean we're older now. You got any? We're magicians. Just too old. Don't ever touch mine. You fucking have any? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have put the THC thing together, I guess. But Neither would I. That was yeah. gonna be that was gonna be a follow up question I had is how did the name ca- Happy Casualties come about? Because it is like one yeah. of those, uh, it's a positive negative type of thing. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Double entendre. Right? Yeah. Double yeah. Double yeah. That's, what was, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Double entendre. Yeah. <clears throat> We're full of those. <laughs> Um, so lyrics. you guys said that, um, you listen to some of the other episodes and one question that we always ask people on our episodes, usually towards the end of things is, um, what is something that you listen to that people would not expect you to listen to? I'm already gonna, I'm gonna already, uh, speak for Ryan and say, I fucking didn't think he went to high school with Scott Vogel and was in a hardcore band and shit. <laughs> By listening yeah. to this album, you know what I'm saying. Well, my other friend was in the hole. Like my friend's sister was in the hole too Jesus. during that time too. Well, no, but dude, small world. Listen, oh, right. listen to that joyous songs of happiness and friendship. That and you will then you'll get a vibe of that of like what Ryan's talking about that, and he's singing on that album too. It's definitely. I mean, it's not. It's. I mean, I can't be as hardcore as like the guys you guys are talking about, right. but it's like my attempt at that. And and you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, totally. the East Coast has a different vibe with the aggressive music than you guys in the West Coast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. actually, it's Definitely. funny because my cousin Brian has, like, the real – Brian is from Ventura. Yeah, he has that. And, and so there, I think there's a song like uh, Diaz for Dirtbag on that album, and you hear Ryan singing, and Ryan has – this really weird East Coast kind of thing, and Brian's thing is really like West Coast thing. And I was sort of like, you know, my my parents left me in the car with James Taylor playing while they went into the Kmart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sweet baby James. <laughs> oh my god. Exactly. I guess the thing people wouldn't expect me to listen to is, is like jazz. I like all sorts of jazz, and I like smooth jazz too. Well, if you listen to Managing Buffalo, he's like, he does a beautiful like kind of like fugazi guitar thing. Right, right, right. Just in right. the guitar. Yeah, we're both right. Jazz what song is that? We do the weird. That's cool. Uh, like uh, once you get past like this, you know, when you when you're younger and you get into Miles Davis and Coltrane and things like that. And you're kind of like, okay, whatever. But then once you get older and you get into more esoteric, not exactly esoteric, but the stuff that's more for like Ramsey Lewis, like Ramsey Lewis is like in my top five. That guy is awesome. Like, well, yeah, once you start um, spreading out from the core musicians. Yeah. What I like about jazz is you can take like, especially with like Blue Note jazz, you can take and say you have like a Art Blakey record. Well, and then mm-hmm. you got like Freddie Hubbard on there, Lee Morgan, um, you know, like there, there'll be like Joe Henderson, you know, it'll keep going. You can pick those musicians. Oh, the cross pollination. Yeah. And then you can go find their albums and then they'll have other musicians on there. And then you just keep finding other artists like through association yeah. with these artists. And a lot of that. Stuff I love Freddie Hubbard. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's great. 
and Lee Morgan. Art Blakey's like probably one of my favorite jazz musicians of all time. If Lee Morgan's on something, I pretty much am like yeah. sold on it, you know? Yeah, he didn't really do any bad albums. I mean, he didn't really have a chance to. Right, he fucking right. died really young. Isn't that something, you know? It's yeah. always like that. I don't think I've really listened to Lee Morgan. Oh, man, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, Lee Morgan. Do you guys ever listen to, like, old, it's called FIP. It's a French international podcast. It's, like, one of the oldest. That's, I find, like, crazy world music and weird jazz on that all the time. I don't think oh, so. no. I have not. Just look up FIP, and it's, like, an app. It's free. You can pull up. You can find some trippy-ass music around the world. Say, what is it again? FIP. It's, I think it stands for, like, French international podcast or something with fit i gotcha thank you it's a really cool app for me you can find really obscure music around the world learning something new i mean that's why we love doing this shit yeah yeah it's like um you know you want like you're trying to get promoted man and i'm trying to feed my brain so it works it works out nicely yeah totally oh yeah so jazz for you and then ryan what about you like you come from a hardcore background it kind of sounds yeah so i basically my sisters used to all tour with the dead oh so i was either playing like really hardcore music because i was just you know that stuff's kind of force fed to me i I got it but i didn't quite get it so then i was always in jam bands but the jam bands what they would do is that was obnoxiously loud they wouldn't let me use drumsticks and they would take brushes and take electric tape and tape the end of the brushes. So I couldn't even do like a bounce roll or do a oh. single stroke. So uh, I kept like, putting weirder percussion on my drums. You know, like a little bebop kicks tuned up really high with like duty tuned roto toms and gem bays. <laughs> so I got really into that experimental. So my genre is either like hardcore or like jam band. Right on. I don't, I don't even listen to jam band. I don't like it. I just like. You just perform. jam. Yeah. 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 I just like. I the last jam. Of the, yeah. That's. Yeah. So I, I was a marching band drummer. My sister was like a Miss Majorette, so I've toured America since I was like 10 years old. Oh, right on. That's yeah, fucking so fun. Kind of music. Yeah, that's fun. I could never get into the Grateful Dead as many times as I tried. You know, as you get older, maybe you will. Like, my advice to you, if you are curious about it, you listen to a Jerry Garcia band, and he's the one who kind of opened up more like gospel music and all those kind of, you know, Americana music, but... You can find some good shows. You might find something you like. Yeah. You know? But I know I get it. It's a little noodling. You're like, oh, I got a side of spaghetti with that. But, you know. <laughs> I was going to, um, at one point, I was going to get a deadhead tattooed on me with its stuffing coming out and its head cut off. So I don't know if I'm going to get into it. Oh, the little bear thing? Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was like that about it. Where I was like, dude, I That's fucking can't, I can't stand almost. this shit, you know. I will say, I wouldn't like, do it now funny. though because I mean, it's it, stupid. But they do have really cool artwork, though. I, oh, like, I know. I will yeah. Artwork's that. cool. The lyrics, I obviously work with some guy with some good lyrics in there. It's like this, man. This is how I look at it, man. I didn't love it either, but you listen to the lyrics. It's like so. I love War Ensemble Slayer. You know, I like your blood splattered brain all over the you know the bathroom walls too, just like anyone else. But right. When I was listening to the lyrics of the dad, it kind of incited me during my youth to have a little different outlook on stuff. Gotcha. I can see that. I can love all But musically, that. not so much, but lyrically more. Right. Oh, I'm totally, I'm totally willing to admit that the, um, another part of the reason that I never got into the dead or fish or any of that is because, um, the fans straight up yeah the fans <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah totally opposite our 
lifestyle, as you know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but no, I get that. But, but they're no, all sure. alive. It makes it made me not judge. Like, dude, if I threw you, and we mean you went to go to the Juggalo concert, we we'd st- <laughs> still appreciate Juggalos. people. <laughs> we, we were just yeah. talking about Juggalos on our well, last. Before, who does that? I mean, what, I'm curious. What is your take on Juggalos? Like, because I mean, oh, they're that's. That's they're from insane clown posse. He's from Michigan, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, I, I like, like, give me your like unfiltered, like, lay it on me. because I don't know anything about them. Okay. I really don't care. Oh, I met juggles. They no, were... I'm talking about the insane clown posse, and then I guess the juggle of phenomena. I'm gonna see if this is gonna be the same thing as the dead. I think it's the fans that drive nuts. But go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with you on that one. You're fucking spot on there because yeah, I, I like because their fans are like, what do you do? I sh- I hunt squirrel, yeah. but red ones because they're worth more. And you're like, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's serious. No, yeah, it is. That's oh, what totally. makes it funny. No, but I know, right? I. So I don't listen to ICP. I did when I was younger. Um, what about like Twisted and all that? Remember those? No, no, no. Let him finish. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've <laughs> met. I've, <laughs> I've met those dudes actually. Like I've never met ICP, but I've met Twisted. I've met um, like some of the affiliates at like Comic Cons and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, I will say, from a business standpoint, like one kudos to them for making a 30 year plus career out of dressing up like clowns and spraying pop all over people because nobody in a million years thought that that would work so i gotta give that up to them that's right yeah so i gotta give that up to them first and foremost um they do have a highly successful independent label um They from and a wrestling business and a wrestling business. From what I hear, yeah. they are great people who like highly donate to charity and take care of their community and blah blah blah. So like that's cool. From all of that stuff, like I you know have some level of I guess respect for them. But with that being said, I don't care for their music. Like I did listen to yeah. it when I was younger because it's I mean it's goofy and it's funny and shit, but like now that I'm in my thirties, like I yeah, don't I don't want to listen to chicken hunting or like shit like that. Like it just doesn't hold. Yeah. So it didn't age well for me, I guess. But some of those people never got out of that. Like I like that Comic Con I was referencing, like there was forty, fifty year old guys, girls, etc. that I mean that's their whole life. Like they they got hatchet man's yeah. tattooed on them all over the place. Like sure, it, uh, they all got their faces painted. They're all religiously drinking Fago, and um, I don't know, like weird fan base. But uh, that's their thing. That's cool. That's good for them. And I will give it up to them for being successful in something that nobody ever thought could be successful. Exactly. They're the underdogs, and they did it. Yeah, you know, it's like absolutely. But yeah, they do have an obnoxious fan base. I will say that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's and yeah, it's funny it's that you ask. It, it's funny that you asked that because we were like the last interview we did like a week ago. Uh, well, I guess it would have been a couple of weeks ago now. But so. we were just talking about Juggalos and the fans in that interview, actually. Which we don't really yeah, talk the, about. The so it was kind of it was kind of episode. ironic that it got brought up twice. My opinion. Uh, oh yeah. yeah on ICP is and I'm like how old are you? you were 32 I'm 38 so when I was in 7th grade when I was so I was 12 when I was exposed to ICP and when I say exposed to I mean a friend was like check out this fucking 
ICP, and I remember it being a black cover, gold fucking clown. I listened to it. Not to um, sound like a super fan, but that's the riddle box, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, see, I don't even fucking know any <laughs> names of the songs. That's how much I fucking despise that. Not despise I, I it. Think... But at the time, I was like, dude, this shit's not doing anything. Like, at 12 years old, 13 years old, I'm like, it's too fucking retarded for me. So, <laughs> but that being said, everything else that Ryan said about the business and them being good people, fucking amen. But the well, music, like, I just fucking of... sucks. They're people. I believe a lot of artists, if you don't even like their music, just what you said or whatever, I think the whole concept really is if you do, if you hit, if you break on through whatever, you're making this money. I think the ones that stick around are the ones that do try to elevate the ones around them. Definitely. In a way. Do you know what I mean? And that's why, like, I get that vibe from, like, Post Malone or, like, whatever these other artists out there. Like, Post Malone, really? Yeah. I have friends who have some experience working with them, and they said this kind of guy just kind of tries to the people around him were trying to help elevate that. So I can see that with like Action Bronson. Yeah. yeah. But I like that concept, you know? It's yeah. like, oh, that's good. Yeah. But that's, I had, that's I was, I had some friends like when I was like 19 or whatever, they worked at a record store I used to hang out at, and they were like, you like Marilyn Manson? You'll like this insane clown posse stuff. It's way different. <laughs> but you would, yeah. would like Romstein, I would imagine. No, I really did not. I oh, did but I like Cam at the end. I love Cam at the end. But I, I like, like Rob Steel Call, all that shit. Oh, Thrill Call Call, I've seen like twice. Yeah. I don't yeah. care for Romstein either. No, no it's too goofy. Well, my friends actually go because they're pyro guys and they love yeah, their pyro I was guys say, yeah, just go show. see that they they like, awesome. yeah they have like legendary concerts i will say that. yeah they're like dude we just go because it's fucking hilarious yeah or like fish i have friends that don't like fish but they'll go for because they think they'll eat mushrooms like their lighting's the best right right <laughs> like, okay. oh, i could not do a fish concert. no neither could i, I no, you no, me, how, no way i don't understand i mean like i'm from the suburbs too and i'm <laughs> i'm ashamed <laughs> But all right, I got to start wrapping things up here because I got to go pick up my kids. So, um, right on. anything that I you guys... I really quick. Yeah, I was going to say, anything that, you guys want to say. Record, the name of the record press is uh, Mobanico. Oh, right. We were, I, we were looking I, that up. I looked it up. So, yeah, in Mobanico, it was really hard for me to find. And that's from Japan, right? Yeah, M-O-B-I-N-E-K-O. Okay. Got it. It's harder. To, it's kind of hard to find a, a pressing plant that'll do small runs like Fuck that. Yeah, especially nowadays. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was about we got it in I think about eight nine months, two hundred records, and it looks like how you guys see it, you know. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah no, so. it turned out really nice. Like you guys definitely, uh, definitely got what you. I don't know what you paid for it, but you got what you paid for. Um, <laughs> like it was a, it was a nice package. Yeah, it go. turned out good. I'd go, I'd use them again. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. repeat the business moving forward. Um, but before yeah. we get off of here, anything that you guys want to say, like social media tags, anything like that, I'll have it all in the episode description. I mean, tags. I mean, really, just having a conversation with you guys. It's always about paying it forward. Where can you find more music? Where can we go? You know, all that good stuff. Sharing, caring, and I don't know. You guys did a good job. That's what's up. Yeah, it was really fun. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. And um, I'll have all your links to your stuff in our episode description once this releases. And then awesome. And we'll share it. We'll really promote it. Yeah, we'll send you that link to that studio. You guys would get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. 
but yeah like i said we'll be in touch yeah it was um fucking awesome talking to you guys yeah thank you guys Um, we appreciate it and uh, it was good to get to know you and know more about your background and the music and stuff and uh yeah it was a lot of fun but like i said we'll be in touch and uh thanks again Uh, you You guys have a good night oh yes you too